Did you know that you're weird? You're wonderfully weird. Join us for the next few minutes as Drake Hunter, Senior Pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the upcoming book, Wonderfully Weird, helps us to understand how to live that wonderfully weird life to the fullest every single moment of every day. I'm your host, John Waters. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living with pastor and author, Drake Hunter. Welcome back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living, the uh, podcast featuring author and pastor Drake Hunter. My name is John Waters. I'm your host here today, as always, and uh, pastor and author Drake Hunter joining me. Hello. Hello, and good morning, John. Always good to see you. Well, here we go again. It seems like we just finished one podcast, and all of a sudden we're right on to the next one again. And hard to believe what uh, we're about 20 episodes into this series now. Yes, we're building our house, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we're building it correctly. Yeah, that's right. And we'll, well, if we do make some mistakes, as I share often, we'll just treat it like manure. We'll throw it out there and let uh, that manure uh, set in and, and we can grow some better fruit from it. There you go. Well, uh, this week we want to talk about love and and uh, the message you had on Sunday, uh, what's love got to do with it? Yes. And uh, you started with uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, uh, the Apostle Paul saying, you know, in, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not going to read it word for word, but I'm going to paraphrase. If I do anything at all, <laughs> but I don't do it with love, it really doesn't make any difference. That's exactly right. And so he says, actually, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, I'm just out there making noise. But the point being is if love isn't at the core, isn't at the foundation of what we do, then none of it really matters. And that's right. And that's a certain love that we'll uncover, too, because there's there's different aspects of love as we'll uh speak towards this morning but uh, at the same time he is speaking of a certain love there and let me share this he's speaking to the christian and oftentimes uh, we're so defensive aren't we john uh, in the sense of uh, projecting or rationalizing why we do what we do uh, and throwing it out there to the world their problems their issues but as we know, we have our boundaries, and, and Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth here, a local church just like our church and many churches around our nation, around the world, where Paul is making a vital point here. Because uh, as we know, this, this chapter wraps up with uh, some of the issues in place, but then with the resolve. And, and part of the issue is uh, we have things in the wrong place. Perhaps faith is before love. Uh, perhaps uh, what's what's hope. the excuse me hope hope yeah hope yep. is above that uh, and he makes it very clear at the very end what the resolve is period and Christian we need to hear this when it comes to our words when it comes to the tonality of our words when it comes to our nonverbals our actions our deeds Paul is speaking clearly here what we need to do to resolve let me say this all the issues in the church, in relationship, and in, in the world. Well, on Sunday, you uncovered uh, three different types of love. And I thought we might spend the bulk of our time here today <clears throat> talking more in depth about those three, uh, what they are, uh, what, 
how they are to be a part of our lives because they're all three vital. And let me lay them out there and yes. then we'll we'll go after them one by one. The first Perfect. one that you uncovered is eros love, which is the root word of the word erotic. That's that physical feeling, you know, you see Ben and Jerry's ice cream as you love so much, you go, ooh, <laughs> gotta have it. Those you know? feelings. Right. Uh, the second one is the philo love, and that's the root word of the city Philadelphia, as you brought out the city of brotherly love. So it's that friendship love that we have one to another, the philo love. And then the third one, which is what Paul's talking about here, is the agape love, which is that deeper um, choice that we make to uh, put our own interests, our own thoughts to the side and lift up that other person and make them the priority and, and more important than ourselves. And you, the key word there, John, as you know, choice. Exactly. Choice to sacrifice, to, to forgive, to show mercy, and to truly uh, persist with that love uh, every moment of each day as we share at the church. And uh, it, it has to be rock solid, as Paul implies here in chapter 13, or 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the chapter of love. And so, yes, perfect word, choice. Well, let's talk about these, and and you and I were visiting a little bit before we started recording here, and unfortunately, there is a uh, a thought out there in some areas of the Christian church Mm -hmm. that the only one of these that's correct is agape love, that the other two are wrong, and that couldn't be more wrong. I'm with you 120% if that's possible. (laughs) Yes, because we understand that God is the creator of all things. And of course, in his design, he gives us these, uh, let's just say different aspects or different types of love uh, for good reason, good purpose, for relationship uh, in their place. Absolutely nothing wrong with any of these. And I think we have to truly understand that because I've been in ministry now for 32 years now. And of course, I've heard many messages preached on, on love, and we want to go beat up people with the first two loves and just land on agape love, which is the ultimate. But it's, it's, when we do that, we're taking away from the, uh, the infrastructure of love then. And when we do that, we're collapsing God's love and not truly understanding what that is and what that means in the sense of being with God and with others. Well, and let me use my own uh, uh, situation. When I first met my wife, the very first time I met her, I didn't know anything about her. Um, How could I offer her agape love when I don't know anything about her? However, I did notice that there was this beautiful woman in front of me that I went, wow. And that was that Eros love yes, yeah. where my uh, my physical being said this is someone who's very attractive uh-huh. and then moved into that friendship uh-huh. and then made the choice to move farther in and bec- and get into the uh, agape love with her that's right uh and of course uh when that, that happens often, hopefully in your life, that's what kind of keeps life interesting, is that uh, God has gi- given you uh, feelings, and then with those feelings, uh, we share those feelings with thoughts, which turns into an emotion, either with God or with others. And uh, w- there, uh, we use that as uh, a starting point 
for all relationships, be it with Ben and Jerry or, of course, with your spouse. And uh, similar situation that I had uh, with my wife uh, back way back when in Cheyenne, Wyoming, where, you know, she walked into the room. Yeah, uh, I was, uh, can I say, erosing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and y- 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 you're designed to be that with, of course, discernment, self-control, and everything else that goes with that when you're in maturity. Let me say this, John. I wasn't that mature back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and let's, uh, let's talk to the Christian out there right now yes. who is saying, well, I've got to keep myself under control and I can't allow myself to have those kinds of feelings. That is something God has given you, and you use the word discernment. Yes. And that's where we have to then practice and have in place that discernment so that I can say, oh, I'm having feelings here for maybe this person that uh, are natural but Mm -hmm. not necessarily correct. Then I have to use the strength that God has given me through his Holy Spirit to put those in the proper place. Right. And what goes along with discernment, and this is critical, is a standard. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're talking a moral standard here, and our moral standards come from Christ. We are Christians, and so with that, we have to make sure that we're discerning to something that's appropriate as well. And that standard, when properly put in place, will then put that, let's say, eros, and then you have the standard uh, in, in place, and then what you have is you have a proper situation because you're going to honor God and the other person in that. And then that is what is known as self-control. Uh, but we have to re- remember our standards, our moral standards, ethical standards, however you want to put that in the sense of God's law, must be in place for us to be discerning. So we can b- then become discreet. Mm-hmm. And to be discreet, we don't cast our pearls, if you will, among the swine. Uh, so we have to be wise about it. And so, yes, and that's part of the, 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 the entire package, if you will, when it comes to love and understanding how God truly designed it to be. And so that, that arrosing, if you will, is that, uh, that attraction. And, and let me say this, and I shared this on Sunday, but I think this is an important to understand. I'm going to say 99% of the time when the world, so kind of put, let's put ourselves in, in their shoes a little bit, uses this word love and when they use it this way they're speaking of love man i'm i'm, I'm kind of tearing that up let me say 99 percent of the time when the world uses the word love they're using it in this way right erosing. right and uh but think about it in the church let's bring it back when somebody comes in the church let's say and they're they want to build a relationship with us as a church the first thing they're like i wonder if i like them mm-hmm. that is erosing. and then what happens is when we stop there and that becomes the source of uh, our decision making becomes our standard becomes our standard we're going to miss the mark every time because Mm -hmm. when you don't like it anymore when that feeling is gone the emotion is not there you're going to you're going to walk away from that relationship or any relationship for that matter so you can see the challenge or the problem with it because what happens with feelings as we all know they come and go as as quick as the day comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very wise here and understand our choice is not based on only our feelings. That's the beginning point. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, be very careful too. Oh, that's my source. My gut feeling, my feelings, my intuition is telling me otherwise. Yeah, but then I'd ask you, okay, who's your source behind that 
intuition, let's say, or, or gut feeling. Mm-hmm. You, you have to know something. You've got to learn something and have a standard there to know what that is. If you don't, well, I tell you what, we're going to miss the mark every time with love. And we're going to come in and out of it. Well, let's look at the the negative side, if you will, of that Eros love. There is a positive side, as we've been yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But there's also that negative side, which you just touched on, which is when that becomes the standard and it becomes more important than anything else, what we see and, and feel becomes that uh, all-encompassing, all-engrossing standard, and we never get past that. It becomes your authority, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's just, that's selfishness, if self-centeredness, if you think about it, mm-hmm. rather than God-centered, because God-centered is, this is how I designed it, I need you to make the choice, and then think about this, discern it, and then make a choice, rather than gathering all your feelings, for whatever reason, tradition, history, family script, whatever, uh, it, it's just it's a it's a dangerous way to, to live life. It's it's just completely wrong, in the sense of stepping into the kingdom of God because that's not how it's 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 to function, if you will. Well, and many times, and maybe all the time, I I think that's where addictions lie is mm-hmm. in that eros love, that love of that feeling that you get uh, from that addiction, whether it be narcotics or alcohol or sex or Ben and Jerry's, uh, ben and Jerry's ice cream <laughs> or whatever it may be, yes. uh, whatever that addiction is. And maybe it's moving in and out of relationships or whatever, uh, but we're addicted, if you will, to that feeling yeah. and we never get past that. Yes. And a lot of people, you know, are addicted to fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fear of man. And of course, we listen to fear to hear God's voice, but oftentimes we're so addicted to fear that when that feeling comes, what do we do? We, we become like an animal, we fight or we flight rather than actually listening to those feelings of fear uh, and, and truly discern it. Is this God's voice or is this uh, coming from, uh, let's say, man's tradition or man's voice? If it is, uh, and it is God's voice, and you don't take the opportunity and walk into that fear with confidence with God, you've missed God altogether. Is that like jumping out of an airplane with a <laughs> uh, parachute on your back? Yes, just uh, <laughs> as the story I shared with the young people the other day. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> that was a good illustration, I, I hope it was. But yes, uh, you know, in that experience uh, with uh, jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, but uh, it definitely helped conquer some fear, and I, it helped me trust because I had to trust in my tools, if you will, the back of uh, the chute. I had to trust in the airplane, I had to trust in my leader who was uh, truly uh, trying to get us to accomplish a mission, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I guess it would be. <laughs> well, they, uh, let's go ahead and move on uh, in the interest of time. So the second kind of love is that philo love, which is the brotherly love that two people feel for each other. Uh, for example, you and I yes. uh, have that brotherly love. We love each other like uh-huh. brothers. Right. Um, and so that is that that kind of love where we love people. We may not necessarily be close to them as far as going deeper into that agape love, but yet because they are uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, they're a creation of God, we we value them because of that. We have that brotherly love then. Jesus used the word friendship, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He says, I want you to be my friends. In fact, he doesn't want you to be a servant. He wants to be a friend with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we stay immature in, in that walk with Jesus, we just, we're just kind of serving. He's like, no, mature yourself 
and rather than walking in and out of the feelings with me like we do, you know, bring it up a notch. I, I want to be your friend. And of course, that's where maturity begins to happen. But uh, at the, you know, at the same time, there's there's dangers with this type of love. But this type of love, let me just say this, is generated when people are are being nice uh, and affectionate with one another. Right. Good friendship. Uh, however, the problem with this, if if we're going there, I kind of took the, the lead there for a second, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, the problem with this is it turns out to be a love, love excuse me, a win-win situation uh, when we rely on this love to be that overall love. It doesn't work because, for instance, when somebody treats me the way I don't appreciate or they're not being affectionate or nice, I think of a, for some reason, I'm thinking of a waitress or a waiter. They didn't treat me the way the win-win situation, and then we return, uh, we, we, we return it with... Uh, just the same, right? Retaliation. Yeah, retaliation. And, mm -hmm. and boy, a win-win situation, we've never been called to in, in that sense. But we've, we're responsible to make sure that we continue to have that mutual appreciation and respect and love for one another in a way that upholds that friendship, that structure of, of that relationship. And when we do that in any relationship, I, 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 I do eros with my wife. I do filio love with my wife. She's my friend. Mm -hmm. If that's not in place, boy, we're, we're missing that structure. Uh, but if we, we rely on the win-win, John, let me say this. Now, this is pretty radical, but I'm going to say this is the number one cause of divorce right here is when we rely on filio love in our marriages. That you're not being nice or... Um, well, I bought you this present for, let's say, your birthday, and you didn't reciprocate it with, with something equal. And then they're all upset, and then it just grows from there. Boy, I tell you, we have to be so careful because this is where the devil sits oftentimes in, in all of our relationships, but in our marriages. And then all of a sudden, um, I'm not attracted to you anymore, or I don't, uh, you're not being nice. And so we go and run rather than resolving the issue. We go run and see who else is going to be nice. And then that turns into a win-win situation. Before we know it, we're in this pattern in life that we're running uh, and going from relationships. We see this in church, don't we? Mm -hmm. Where the spiritual, uh, what do they call that these days? The consumerism. Consumerism. Where they come in, I like it, I don't like it. Well, why don't you like it? Well, you're kind of making me face reality, and I don't like that. Well, that's what a church is to do. And I, I promise you, sooner or later, if you're with our church, we're going we're gonna to turn that reality and say, here it is. And are you going to truly uh, lean into God's love the way it's, it's designed, un, uh, that unconditional, and, and, and win it in the sense of with God and with others? Mm-hmm. I, uh, as you were talking there, I thought about the passage from Proverbs 18, uh, where it says there are friends who destroy each other, Oh yes, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Yes, that's absolutely right. And I think we all can relate with that. We all have brothers and sisters in, in the sense of the, you know, the biology of all of that. But uh, we're speaking of the brother and sisters in Christ now, first and foremost, in your marriage. Mm -hmm. your spouse and then expanding and really this is how we're going to be discerning as well we've got to make our decisions based on those who are committed those who are engaged in it leaning into it uh in the sense of uh careless love or careless trust as we call it 
And so, yeah, powerful verse there in well, Proverbs. And, and what it makes me think of is uh, the first part of that. There are friends who destroy each other. Yes, that's a friendship, but it's a friendship based upon the feelings, leaning toward the feelings. Yes. And I don't feel like loving you today. I don't feel like being your friend today. And so it's okay for me to destroy you. Where on the other side, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I'm getting beyond that philo love. I'm making the choice to love now rather than the feeling. I'm not relying on the feelings. I'm making the choice. That's right. And we see this type of love again. You brought up Proverbs, but you brought this up earlier uh, between David and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Right. This friendship that's uh, unconditional. Uh, and, and when I s- you'll hear me say this, John, and, and you know this careless love, mm-hmm. careless trust. What does that mean? I have to care less about our friendship because you got my back. You have my interest. You have my uh, back when when things are down, when they're up. And you have that careless trust that's there that truly bonds you together with another person mm-hmm. that you just don't experience anywhere else until you put that in place. And of course, there's a lot of people that want to overprotect their heart and overprotect themselves. I've been hurt. Yes, Jesus was hurt. Mm-hmm. But yeah. again, discernment, discretion, everything we're talking about here, uh, be wise. And if that continues to happen and you continue to live in this very dysfunctional relationship, is that their fault or your fault? Think about that one, right? So you're like, so where do we finally say, okay, it's a one-sided relationship. It's no longer working. Well, that's when you discern your, your relationships. Absolutely. And, and that moves us into Romans 12:10, which you used on Sunday. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So uh, getting away from that, that eros feeling, which mm-hmm. is about me right. and what I want, into the brotherly love, which is a mutual. But it says go beyond that now. Be devoted to one another as brothers. But then go that next step honoring that other person above yourself not the win-win but rather putting that other person ahead of you uh not saying i'm a bad and i'm a i'm a slug and all that but rather <laughs> yeah. saying i appreciate you yeah. for who you are and how god has yeah. designed you and and created you and i rejoice in that yeah and that's really referring to the sacrifice and we hear this term all the time right where you know true friendship is you have your preferences i have my preferences well then you have a good discussion about what that is and then you come to agreement Mm -hmm. so you're honoring both sides higher than yourself and then you come to an agreement with whatever that that um, decision needs to be made and and you can see where honor is part of that relationship now rather than being one-sided where perhaps one side is uh, a bully or whatever uh very important that we understand that Jesus came he's he's the mediator if you will the facilitator and so that standards are in place now with that friendship and then we come to an agreement how we're going to do it mm-hmm. and that is that compromise excuse me terrible word sacrifice that we give temporarily and then we come and we walk down that path and it's a beautiful path because now we're in agreement rather than disagreement which is one of the t's of the devil if you will is that disagreement especially in communication 
Yeah, absolutely right. So, and that's moving into that agape love yes. then, uh, which is that deeper sacrificial, although yeah. I, I don't like that word either. It is sacrificial, but not sacrificial yeah. in the point of I'm putting myself completely you know, like a slug, but rather sacrificial in that I'm looking at what at your wants, needs, and desires yes. ahead of my own. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a word that uh, you you appreciate, you love. This is your ministry. Worship comes to mind because love then becomes this particular agape love is the atmosphere mm-hmm. of our experience. And so within that, the sacrifice is all in there. You're absolutely right with uh, agape, or excuse me, with the eros, and I'll get it out, and filio. But then that atmosphere requires, just like we're in an atmosphere here on Earth, requires us. It's our oxygen. It's who we are. It's it's what's going to keep us alive. And so that that agape love now is the oxygen. It is life to who we are in with God in our relationship. And once we get there, you, 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 like here on earth, we don't think about it much, but you're in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then it becomes part of you and it keeps you alive. And if it's not there, just like your other needs, this is a, a spiritual need. Uh, if it's not there, you are going to die. And and one aspect of, or excuse me, one symptom of of you dying is bitterness and hardness of the soul where we become overprotected in our lives uh, and love can no longer saturate us and it's not saturating because we're closed off to it and then what happens is uh, it's no longer unconditional and that happens because one of the other two loves we're relying on for that oxygen and that's not what it's designed for does that make sense absolutely you um you asked the question uh, in your message on sunday uh how's your love life (laughs) <laughs> and um, yes. uh, that was a, it was an interesting question. It was provocative, obviously. You yes. meant it to yes. be. But the statements even <laughs> but the but the point of it being that as Christians, uh, if we have truly received God's love mm-hmm. and want to be that that mirror to uh, reflect God's love to others, that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Yes. How is our love life? That's right. And And do you recall the answer? Yes, because I have it right in front of me here. Okay, uh, you know it, and and I respond it with this: Christians ought to be the best lovers in the world. Absolutely. Period. And if uh, we're not after that, uh, we're losing that that oxygen of love, and, and we're going to slowly die. And unfortunately, don't we see um, kind of the church dying off in in our in our nation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason for that, and so and. And let me take that this way just a little bit. Um, So that means loving others that are outside of us. Uh, Many churches, I believe, and you and I have had this discussion, are dying because they have become completely turned in and fellowshipping with each other. And they may be enjoying agape love as a church body but never gets outside of the doors. Right. Think about that. That's a closed-off system. Mm-hmm. And we know this in, in physics. Anything that's closed off in itself will eventually die. And if you have a hard time believing that, uh, walk away from a house for about five to ten years. Just let it sit by itself. Let it be closed off in its own little area, boundaries, and come back and share with me if that house is uh, alive, thriving, or is it 
wilting, becoming mm-hmm. um, nothing but dirt, right. dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that closes off on itself, doesn't matter if it's a fellowship, a house, or whatever relationship, uh, it's going to die. That's for the wages of sin is death. Well, as we uh, like to do, we like to leave folks with some questions to uh, think about and to answer for themselves. And if they're participating in a life group, uh, to maybe use these as a springboard for conversation uh, that have to do with what we've been talking about. And the first one of those today, what things have you been doing that causes God's love, that agape love, not to be heard or not to be a part of your life? Number two. What are some practical ways you can turn your love into God's agape love? Take that next step. And then number three, what did you love most before you believed in Jesus when you were a non-believer? What was most important to you? And then now, as a believer in Christ, a follower of Christ, hopefully experiencing that agape love, how do you feel about that thing that you loved most before now? What is it? What role does it have in your life now? Did that kind of catch it? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So uh, answering that question, how is your love life in Christ as compared to what it was before you came to know Christ, but also understanding that uh, we're not sentient beings in, as far as we're not, we don't sit in one place. We continue moving forward. Right. And how can I continue to grow in that agape love with God and with others? And experience the erosing, if you will, and also filioing, working all together to truly have integrity in your love life. Exactly right. Well, Drake, a lot there as always to uh, chew on for the week. And uh, there were a lot of other areas we could have gone into, but as always, the time goes way too fast. So uh, hopefully this spurs some uh, interest and questions on people's uh, uh, part. And if so, we uh, invite you to reach out to us. Please, uh, you can send us an email at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. You can get a hold of Drake or myself at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado. We'd be happy to uh, visit with you. You can reach us through Facebook, a lot of different ways you can reach us and uh, and ask your questions or uh, comments, whatever the case may be. Drake, as always, thank you very much. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate it more than most can imagine. All right. Well, join us again next week as uh, we uh, continue diving into what it means to uh, be wonderfully weird living. Uh, That's the name of the podcast. For pastor and author Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next week. Find out more about your uniqueness when you get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, available in the fall of 2019. And please email us with your questions or comments at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. Join us again next time as we continue to explore Wonderfully Weird Living. I'm John Waters. Thank you for joining us.